freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two. Where'd the of, first hour go? I know, we blinked, I think, of episode number 76, our Valentine's Day show of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, our theme today is showing the love by getting involved, and each of our guests is involved in some way in passing that baton that you just heard Ronald Reagan talk about, you know, our values, you know, taking them from one generation to the next by getting involved, being involved in helping others. And so our next guest is Christy Crawford, who is the Chief Operations Officer for Shoot Like a Girl. Now, Shoot Like a Girl's mission statement is to grow the number of women in shooting sports by empowering them with the confidence that comes from the experience of shooting. And they accomplish this mission by traveling the country with a 54-foot trailer equipped with NRA-certified female instructors. Inside of this innovative traveling shooting range, ladies have the opportunity to gain the experience of shooting a pistol, a rifle, or a compound bow completely free of charge. Welcome to the show, Miss Christy. Well, hello, Cheryl. Thank you. It's exciting to uh, be on your show today. I know. I've been trying to get uh, either you or Karen Butler, your your founder, on uh-huh. for at least uh, the last year, but you ladies have stayed so busy and your work is so important that, that I, you know, it's okay that it's taken We're us busy. this long. Yes. Yes. And it's exciting. It is exciting. So tell me about this trailer that I'm bragging up in, in your intro here. So when we say a 54 foot trailer, it's literally the size of a, a semi or, or tractor trailer, depending on what you call it in your particular area. Um, it's, it's rather large. Um, we kids pulled by a semi, um, and we pull into a location such as right in front of a Cabela's near you or your typical hunting, fishing-style expo, and we will set up uh, with our NRA-certified instructors that are ladies, um, and we open the doors, and we encourage everyone to come in and give it a try. And there's just something about, you know, women helping women um, you know, some sometimes just get over that fear um, to gain that confidence, you know, that shooting sports is something that, that you can do. And it's a fun um, opportunity, you know, to get some great family time in for the whole family, um, you know, and also uh, the confidence that comes with taking responsibility for your own safety. Well, absolutely. And, you know, my co-host is my husband, Dan, here. And, you know, he's not a lady, but hi, Christy. <laughs> but hi. he got to sneak into the trailer while you guys were out there at Range Day in Vegas at SHOT Show. 
and he loved it. Yeah, it was great. I, I really had a good time and I didn't feel unwanted or anything. <laughs> so I imagine if a guy's with a girl, they could both go in, right? Yes, of course. We encourage that. I mean, we could not be, I know I couldn't be where I'm at if it, if it wasn't for, you know, for my husband and the great men in, in my life that have, you know, taught me so much about the outdoors and about shooting sports along the way. So, um, you know, we recognize that and appreciate that and completely encourage, you know, that, that family atmosphere well, um, in I, our trailer. But it's, I, it's also nice that a woman can, that's not familiar with shooting can go in an environment where there's a lot of women mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. learn without feeling pressured or weird. So I think it's great. Well, and I was going to say, you know, Dan's, you know, owned guns his whole life. He's shot just about everything there is to shoot and, uh, you know, on different ranges and that sort of thing. But even he, you know, he was kind of humming and hawing around about going in the trailer that day. And it's like, you know, if he has that level of, I'm just not sure, you know, then, you know, anybody could. And so to have such a welcoming staff that you do and a welcoming environment, I just know that that's going to help people get over that, that initial, you know, uh, intimidation or just uncertainty. So thank you so much for what you're doing out there. Christy, there was one, one thing I have to say though, it was cold outside too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It was freezing that day. So it was very nice to huddle inside the trailer. Um, so you guys at shoot like a girl, you guys at shoot like a girl, that's not even the right kind of sentence, is it? You, you ladies at shoot like a girl have had some amazing, uh, statistics that you were telling me about off air just, uh, in the past year in 2016. Talk about, brag those up a little bit. Well, when, when a lady comes in to shoot with us, she signs in at a kiosk. And of course, when she signs in, Yes, we're getting her basic information, but we are asking her a short series of questions. And that's how we gauge, you know, how many new shooters we have. You know, because we'll ask them, have you ever shot a gun before? Yes or no? Well, if it's yes, how long ago has it been? That way we can gauge how many of those women, you know, from spending time and enjoying the trailer with us, you know, how many are we bringing back into the sport? And... Like I say, we take this trailer all throughout the country. It's not just, it doesn't just stay in one particular region. This year, we'll go on an entire Cabela's coast-to-coast tour where the trailer will visit the East Coast and the West Coast. We'll do 11 stores in the first two quarters. We're super excited about that. But last year in 2016, we had 2,500-plus shooters in our trailer, so a little over 2,500. Wow. 90% of those ladies committed to purchasing a gun. Wow. 56% committed to purchasing a bow, and 55% of those ladies are now more active in shooting sports. You are just opening doors to people. Looks like you need to park your trailer in front of our store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 90% of them. I'm, I'm doing the math on this for sure. When you're in, in this yeah. neck of the woods, we definitely have to have you come and, and uh, hang out at AZ Firearms for a while. But I mean, that and is... And then another thing, another statistic that's close to my heart is hunting. 8% tried hunting for the first time 
as a result of going through our trailer. And I know that number may seem low, but 8% is a huge number when you look at, you know, 2,500 plus shooters. That's a lot of ladies that went out into the field for the first time. Well, and that's so awesome because, you know, not only are you giving people an opportunity to have a life-changing, positive experience, but, you know, we've been talking to some of the, the outdoors people that, you know, we've got a huge portion of our hunting uh, generation aging out. You know, people mm-hmm. only, they get to a certain age and then they, they really don't go out and, and traipse through the woods anymore. And if we aren't building into the next generation that, you know, things are going to change drastically and we need hunting for conservation and hunters help pay taxes that help, you know, keep our, uh, you know, that whole industry going, the the forestry industry. And it's mm-hmm. very important. So before we run out of time, I definitely have to have you tell folks, because I know there's people out there listening going, okay, this trailer has got to come to my Cabela's or to my sportsman's outlet or to my small mom and pop shop. How do they do that? Well, they can go, go to shootlikeagirl.com. Check out our schedule. Go to our Facebook page. You can type in in the search bar. Type in S-L-G-I-N-C-2. Our page will pop up. We're constantly posting about where we're going to be next. So Facebook is probably the best outlet for that. Um, we, As we speak, the trailer is live in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. Mm. Right now, they'll be live until 6. So I know that's a little far from Arizona. but You've, We've got uh, listeners right there in Oklahoma, so... We will uh, we'll go to South Carolina, in Greenville, South Carolina, February 25th, 26th. Uh, we'll be in Greenville, South Carolina, March 11th and 12th. We'll be in Gainesville, Virginia, uh, March 25th, 26th, Fort Mill, South Carolina. April 8th and 9th, we'll be in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, May 12th, 13th, we'll be in Lone Tree, Colorado. May 20th, 21st, we'll be in Tulane, Oregon. June 3rd and 4th in Billings, Montana, uh, the 10th and 11th in Rogers, Minnesota, 24th and 25th will be in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So as you can see, every other week, pretty much, we will be set up at a Cabela's throughout the country. So we're super excited about that. That is absolutely awesome. Well, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you for taking a tiny break here and being on Gun Freedom Radio with us. And, uh, you know, we just really appreciate it. And give us the website again as we sign off with Christy Crawford. It is www.shootlikeagirl.com. You guys check it out and remember to shoot like a girl. (laughs) I love it. Thank you again so much, Christy. We'll talk soon. Hey, take care, guys. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, hang in there with us because we have Chris Chang coming up right after this. And you'll remember Chris as being Top Shot, right? History Channel's Top Shot Season 4 champion is going to be on with us, actually talking about his connection with the NSSF coalition, uh, a a partnership that they just... uh, signed up with to help with suicide prevention. A topic that's, you know, not always fun to talk about, but it is so important and right in line with our theme today of showing the love by getting involved. It's for the way you look at me. Oh, 
For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Well, thanks for sticking around on this beautiful Saturday afternoon with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And you're probably noticing that isn't our usual bumper music, you know, our intro music. But that's because we're kind of pre-celebrating Valentine's Day today. And we've tied our theme into the idea of, you know, Valentine's Day and love. And so our theme is sharing the love by getting involved And our next guest is Chris Chang. Now, Chris is the History Channel's Top Shot Season 4 champion. He is a self-taught amateur and a tech guy. So Chris beat out 17 competitors. He won a $100,000 cash prize, a pro marksman contract with Bass Pro Shops, and the title of Top Shot. He is a media personality in the outdoor industry, and he's the author of Shoot to Win, a book for beginning shooters who want to learn the fundamentals of marksmanship. And he worked at Google and is now a tech executive in Silicon Valley, a very unusual, you know, kind of background to be somebody in the, you know, the 2A world. But I love that because I think, you know, he's a bridge builder. And 
going along with that, he was also instrumental in recently uh, helping to form the creation of the NSSF's new suicide prevention initiative. And so, you know, again, kind of building bridges uh, from from kind of one world to another. And, you know, it's a it's a awkward subject. You know, nobody likes to talk about, you know, suicide and, you know, suicide prevention. But um, Chris kind of dove in when he uh, he realized that there was a real need there. And Chris, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me all right? I sure can. Thank you so much for taking the time to to come on and and talk to us about this. Now, before we get to the the how you got involved in the NSSF suicide prevention, tell us about your book, Shoot to Win. Now, what is that all about? Sure thing. So, Shoot to Win is a book for beginning marksmen. So, you know, my my personal story is, you know, I was a self-taught amateur. Which is fantastic, got, by the way. Thanks. And, you know, it's uh, clearly, you know, the vast majority of, uh, of, of gun owners are amateurs. And, you know, we, we typically will learn from a parent or a family friend or maybe a sibling. Um, and so, you know, I have a self-taught amateur background. And all of the skills and the fundamentals of marksmanship that I learned uh, while I was training to win top shots, are, are all in shoot to win. And it was, I remember being a new shooter and thinking to myself, wow, okay, some of these concepts are a little confusing. They're, they're not as clear as, as I think they could be. And so shoot to win is my take on teaching the fundamentals of marksmanship and taking a different perspective and trying to make the information and the concept of safely handling and operating a firearm less scary. Mm-hmm. And it's a big barrier to entry that, right, there's this uh, a natural fear uh, for a new, a, a, a new gun owner or a new shooter. And so, as we know, education, right, is, is power. And once you know and are trained and are comfortable in how to safely handle and operate a firearm, Right then, then the, the the fear starts to melt, and then you can focus on actually getting really good at a particular skill. So, shoot to win is um, yeah, all targeted towards the new shooter. And that is so important. Just even you know, whenever you're the newbie, the new person on the fringes of whatever hobby or whatever it is you want to get involved in, there's all these uh, you know, like in jokes and 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 lingo. And, you know, kind of this inside baseball talk. And sometimes just even that makes people feel like, well, it's just, you know, I'm not one of the cool kids. I'm not one of those people that can talk that way. And so, you know, it sounds like you've just really, you know, laid a lot of the barriers to the side and said, look, I was new at this, too. And not only did I learn it, but I won Top Shot, which is my next question how on earth did somebody that, you know, really didn't have formal training, how did you manage that? You know, it was one of those experiences of, first and foremost, putting in the time and the effort and hard work that was required to go from a super basic level of proficiency to a a very high level of proficiency. And, uh, you know, the main thing I remember thinking about when I was training, I, I spent about five months 
25 hours a week training. And I was on top of 50 hours a week while I was working at Google. Oof. So I was basically, I had a, you know, a part-time job just training for Top Shot on top of my full-time job. And I was thinking to myself, wow, okay, I don't have many gun friends. So I don't have access to a lot of different types of, of pistols, rifles, shotguns. And so I said to myself, well, okay, a winning training strategy then is, is not going to be to go fire as many guns as I can, just because I, I literally just don't have access to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I go to my local range where I could rent some firearms, but you know, it was sort of a kind of a standard set of uh, maybe Glock, Smith and Wesson, uh, you know, MM, you know, Smith and Wesson MMP, and all these other kind of standard firearms. But you know, Top Shot is not always about standard firearms. So you know, the the strategy I took was really leaning heavy into the core fundamentals. Of shooting, so sight picture, trigger control, breathing control, and making sure that if I had a strong mastery of those fundamentals, that it didn't really matter what gun Top Shot presented us with, that as long as it had trigger and sight, that if I applied the fundamentals, that there was a, a, a decent chance, right? At minimum, there's a decent chance that I could hit my target. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently there was more than a decent chance uh, because season four champion uh, Chris Chang. uh, Congratulations on that. Now, kind of flashing forward, uh, you and I were chatting while we were at the SHOT Show in Vegas last month. And, uh, you know, I'd gone to the Suicide Prevention Press uh, Conference. And, uh, you know, they had mentioned how you were involved in this, but they didn't really expound on it. So I was chatting with you and... You said a conversation that you had with somebody at a, a wedding or something kind of sparked this. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, I was in uh, the Washington, D.C. area for a, uh, for a wedding. And, uh, you know, I, I happened, you know, as you do at weddings, you meet other people. And I was uh, talking to someone and, you know, asking him what he did for work. And he said he worked for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And I asked him, hey, okay, like, what do you guys do? Um, you know, what's your role? And he, he told me, right, it's all about putting out content and, and educational materials around preventing suicide. And, you know, after I won Top Shot five years ago, I was looking at the data and I was looking at just generally speaking, you know, what opportunities are out there where I can contribute and help make a difference. And so, you know, one data set that really stood out to me was out of the 30,000 firearms deaths that happen every single year in the United States, only 10,000 of those are homicides. And the other 20,000 are suicides. Mm. And so if we have two thirds of firearms deaths occurring as a result of, of, uh, of, of uh, suicide, why are, we, why are we talking more about that? Because mm-hmm. we're dedicating so much attention towards homicide prevention, which is clearly something, right, we should continue to discuss. But, you know, we have 20,000 suicides by firearms every single year. A large portion of those deaths are veterans. And in the firearms community, you know, our, our, our veterans are such a strong folk, you know, focus point um, for us. And, and we naturally have uh, very good support networks, right, in the veterans community. And so I thought, you know, 
the firearms industry doesn't seem to be talking about suicide prevention, like you mentioned earlier, it, it can be a very awkward mm-hmm. and uncomfortable subject. But, um, you know, oftentimes we, we should be doing the hard things. Right. Don't because let oftentimes things linger in the shadows, you know, shine a light on them. And I think that's what you're helping to do. Right. You know, it, we should be we should be talking about and doing the hard things and not for the sake of it being hard. It's just often that that can be where we can make the biggest difference, have a tangible, positive impact on people's lives. And, um, you know, so over the past year and a half, uh, you know, been helping, you know, connect the NSSF with the AFSP. And we uh, have this Project 2025 initiative. Mm-hmm. which is by the year 2025, we want to reduce the annual suicide rate by 20%. Wow. And so, you know, 4,000, you know, fewer suicides uh, by firearms, um, you know, within the next uh, eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a very ambitious goal, but I'm, I'm very excited that, you know, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, which is the industry trade group, and the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, who are topical experts, yeah. specialists in this field. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the great gap that we're filling through this partnership is the firearms community, right? We don't know much or enough about suicide prevention, right? There's a whole, there's a whole um, you know, space of, of knowledge to be filled. Right? How do we take best practices for suicide prevention and Mm -hmm. implement them in gun stores, in shooting ranges, in the homes and offices of firearms owners. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, this is about taking care of each other, right? And being aware of certain signs that can sometimes be indicators for, for suicidal tendencies, and, you know, as, as you and I heard at SHOT Show, you know, there are many gun shop owners, range owners, veterans, other gun owners who have been impacted by suicide, uh, you know, a, a loved one or someone that they sure. cared about who committed suicide with a firearm. And, sure. and um, again, I, I'm just excited. This is, a, this is the front end, right? This is the beginning of a very exciting partnership. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, you know, helping achieve and accomplish some, some great results here. Well, thank you again for being tuned in and tapped in and, and using the connection you have, uh, connections you have to uh, bring that partnership together between the NSSF and the AFSP. And if people want to know more about that, they can visit the nssfblog.com site and uh, I'll also put one on your guest page. I'll link on your guest page to that. And uh, as we as we go to commercial, tell folks real quick how they can follow the work that you do with your your blogging and your shooting and your video pages and that sort of thing. Sure thing. So topshotchris.com is my website, and I'm active on Facebook and Instagram. And my handles there are topshotchris. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel, uh, Top Shot Chris, and then a uh, big compliment to my book, Shoot to Win, is a NSSF video series uh, called Shooting 101, 
or New Shooters 101. And it's a great series for, you know, the basics of a rifle, pistol, shotgun, and safe handling. Uh, and that's free. There's over uh, been about a million views of, uh, of, of these shoot-to-win videos. So um, those are uh, all great outlets for anyone who wants to uh, follow my work. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time with us on a beautiful Saturday. Chris Cheng, Top Shot Season 4 champion. Thanks, Chris. Great. Thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we're going to blast to a commercial. And when we come back, we have live in studio Miss Ashley Lebensky. Oh, I said it right. I got a thumbs up on that. <laughs> Stick around. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are so excited because sitting here right next to us, live in studio, is our next guest, Miss Ashley Lebensky. Now, Ashley is the Robert W. Woodruff Curator of the Cody Firearms Museum at the Buffalo Bill Center of the West. Ashley is the first female firearm curator curator at the most prestigious firearms museum in the United States. She earned her master's degree in American history, studying the perception of firearms in our culture. After three years at the Smithsonian Institution's National Firearms Collection, she moved to Cody, Wyoming. In addition to her duties as curator, she is a firearms consultant for both museums and firearms manufacturers. 
she's a freelance writer because, you know, in her spare time, you know, she's also going to be an NRA certified firearms instructor, an international lecturer and on camera firearms historian. Holy cow. Busy lady. And just last month, she was awarded the prestigious NSSF POMA Grits Grisham Shooting Sports Communicator of the Year Award. I am so, like, excited and honored that you are sharing a space with me right now. Well, I'm excited to be here because I was trying to buy a gun from you guys uh, not too long ago <laughs> at uh, SAR. <laughs> at AZ Firearms, the biggest yes. little gun shop. And that is so funny because, you know, you and my daughter mm-hmm. and my PR lady, Kim Bishop, had met each other. Yep. I hadn't met you. We're sitting at the, the dinner at the SHOT show when you're being awarded, and they both are just going crazy. Oh, that's her. That's Ashley. And I was like... Why have I not met this person yet? <laughs> so I, I made a beeline to you and made sure that I Well, got... I appreciated that because I had heard of you, so I'm glad we got connected. So exciting. So uh, you and Dan were cheating a little bit during the, the commercial break, and he was doing the interview before the interview. <laughs> and I heard you say that you didn't even really grow up around firearms. Nope. I uh, didn't really hold a gun until I was 18, so, you know, like a year ago. Uh, <laughs> I know. Seriously, looking at you, you would think. Um, but no, I, I didn't grow up around firearms. My It wasn't, you know, anything against them. We just, it wasn't a part of what my family did. My mom is a physics teacher, and she's a professional figure skater. So I oh, figure wow. skated uh, when I was little. And my dad manages a recreation facility, and his hobby was golf. So it just wasn't something that was on my radar. We had a rifle range in my high school, which I learned uh, about a little bit too late. But when I was 18, I got interested in ballistics because I wanted to be a doctor, believe it or not. Interesting. And so I started studying ballistics and got an internship where I had the opportunity to work with over 200 different historic firearms. And I realized that there was a much bigger story going on than just, you know, the science of technology, but really a story about people. And I Mm -hmm. was pretty much enamored from that point forward and did everything I could to learn about guns. Well, you know, when you talk about the cultural perception, Mm -hmm. you know, that is really where the rubber is meeting the road now, because for the past, I would say eight years, there has been this huge push to kind of change the cultural opinion. Uh, Dan was talking about in our very first segment um, that he had just stumbled on this week a video of a former... Attorney General Eric Holder saying specifically, look, every single day of every single year, we have got to talk to people about the gun problem, not just, you know, the tool, but assuming that there was a problem. So there really has been this push. And you were saying um, in our in our off air conversation, again, everything happens off air. You guys really need to <laughs> sit whiskey in is studio. sometimes involved. Yeah, <laughs> it, it happens. <laughs> it does happen. Um, that even within the, the the world of museums and other curators for other museums, that there's a little bit of a you know a stigma maybe connected to what you do? And- it can be, it can be a really complicated thing. And, and I know off air, we, I mentioned, you know, there aren't really a lot of, you know, academically trained museum professionals that are also specialists in firearms. And so one of the things when I started studying guns, I decided was if I was going to, you know, talk the talk, I needed to walk the walk. And that's how why I know how to shoot both historic guns and modern guns. And I got my NRA and uh, well-armed women certification Woo! last fall. Go you. Um, and so uh, there is kind of this, this, dearth of knowledge about firearms and there are 
parts of history that um, can be uncomfortable for people to talk about. And a lot of uh, the curators and the historians, they just don't have the right tools to go about doing that. And I would hazard to guess that there's probably a gun in pretty much every major museum in the United States. And so I am trying to, and I said as a museum consultant, I work with other museums to teach them about safe handling, the correct terminology, understanding that your artifact is not the, is not the thing that holds the power. It's the story around it. And so just because you may have an artifact that was used in a bad situation doesn't doesn't mean that all the artifacts then are innately bad. And so I've been trying to work with them to understand that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in firearms history, and, uh, and violence may be one part of the story, but it's certainly not the entire part of the story. And it's actually relatively small, especially when you look at the Cody Firearms Museum, which got its start as a sporting arms museum. So most of our guns weren't even used for military conflict. We have a section, but the Winchester brand, target shooting, and the love of sport. And I think that story really gets lost to a lot of people. And so I'm working with a lot of museum professionals to understand that it's not all bad. Yeah. Well, Ashley, there's a lot of guns at the museum. What's your favorite story there? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, one of the, I, I'll talk about something maybe that I don't talk about all the time because I was going to go to this one, but I think I've said that a bunch on, uh, on camera recently, but uh, I'm fascinated by story. And so while I do love the technology behind the firearms, we've got several really good guns um, in the collection. And one of the stories that I like is we've got a, and we actually have this at SHOT Show, it's a Winchester Model 1887. Uh, it's a lever-action shotgun, John Browning designed, and I like to point out all the different facets of the story. So John Browning, you know, worked on a lot of different Winchester products over a 20-year period, and he didn't want to make a lever, but a lever shotgun. He wanted to make a slide-action shotgun, but Winchester explained to him that their brand was lever guns, and so he made this really revolutionary, the first successful repeating shotgun on the market. The gun we have, serial number one. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, so it's serial number one, made as an exhibition piece, so it's embellished, too, so it adds that level of art uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And then, in addition to that, it was purchased by Henry Ford, and Henry Ford gave it to Harvey Firestone. And until I realized that we had this gun, which I totally didn't know for a couple of years, uh, but when I, when I realized we had this gun, I did some research, and I learned that Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, John Burroughs, who was a naturalist, and um, Harvey Firestone traveled around the country together, and they would go hunting, and they would drive a Ford car. Of and course. they called them, of course. And they would call themselves tires. With Firestone tires, yeah. <laughs> and they would call themselves the Four Vagabonds. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting, because in today's society, I feel like too often we think that firearms are this separate thing. It's this side culture, you know, and it really wasn't in our, throughout our history. It was integral to our history. It's integral to our culture. And so seeing, you know, you've got cars and, you know, naturalists and Thomas Edison and all these different people that you wouldn't associate necessarily with guns readily, they all had a connection to this one firearm. And so I think that that's a really great way to talk to people that might not be familiar with firearms and show them that it's not this separate thing. It's integral to understanding our history. Most firearms have a story, and I love that part of my job, is trying to figure out where they came from, what they did. I collect uh, guns with capture papers, from, and uh, I just love it. But, oh, I'd love to have a job like yours. Come on. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. So great. Okay. So we're like almost out of time, and I've got so many things I want to talk to you about. So you are the first female to have won this Grisham Award. Yes. So you're sitting in the audience, same as we were. You really had no idea that your name was about to be no, called? No, I did. I oh, did. you did? Yeah, they warned me, well, which was probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, right? So it's like, go go light on the open yeah. bar because you're going to have to go up on stage oh, and yeah. say some words. Um, but Communicate when, good. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> speak good. Um, so when they did tell you, I mean, that had to have come as kind of like a, wow, holy cow. So, you know, my first SHOT show years ago, I went to the state of the industry because Steve Sinetti, the CEO of NSSF, is on my board. And so he, you know, made sure that we had a good seat and everything. And I heard about that award and I called my mom and I said, someday I want to win it because oh, wow. it was traditionally like a lifetime achievement award. And Tom Gresham gave me my start on the radio and on television. And so I had a, a very personal connection with that family. And when Tom was on, they called me and he called me in December. And I, I literally was just in complete, complete and utter shock and oh, I just cried so for a long awesome. time and I had a really horrible headache but <laughs> I just I couldn't believe that you know it was something that I considered an end of the career type of thing and to have been recognized I, I really am so grateful about it and I'll be honest I didn't believe it happened so I continued to text him <laughs> and be like so like when I have to get up for this award just to make sure that he doesn't text me back and be like right. Ashley what are you talking about right. April uh, Fool's yeah, right. in December just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> JK JK <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. All right. Well, um, let's talk about very quickly museum, upcoming renovation, and then how can people follow your work? So we are about to renovate the museum. So in the next three or so years, the museum will be totally different. So I say come to it now Mm. and then come again. Um, I'm in charge of the renovation. We're doing, we're displaying more guns. Believe it or not, we've got 7,000 firearms. And we're also going to do a lot more with hands-on interpretation and education so that people can have an opportunity to get up close and personal with the firearms, but then also hear the story so that they can have a larger takeaway when they come into the museum. And so if you want to know about what we're doing right now, or if you would like to know about the new museum, you can contact us. Our website is centerofthewest.org, and all of our contact information is on there if you need to contact me or one of my employees directly. Uh, Or you can follow us. We have a great new assistant curator who has a hilarious uh, take on Facebook. So we're Cody Firearms Museum on Facebook. We're at Cody Firearms on Twitter. And then you can either check out my Instagram, which is just my name, Ashley Lebinski, or the Cody Firearms Museum Instagram, which is brand new and needs a little bit of love because we get kind of silly on there. Wow. That is fantastic. Well, Ashley, if you're moving, you're going to remodel. If you're going to do that and you have some old guns you don't need, I have a truck. Uh, I do have a truck. <laughs> I think that's how I lose my job. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That probably wouldn't go well. All right. Well, we've got to run to commercial, but um, man, we've got to have you back on and pick your brain some more because you just know so much. But, uh, you know, talking about stuff that happens off air. So when we leave here in about 15 minutes, we're going to go get some margaritas. Right. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm seeing a thumbs up from Mark over there. Fantastic. Okay. Well, stick around because on the other side of this commercial, we have Dan's commentary. And uh, again, be sure and check out Ashley Lebensky. Oh, I almost messed it up. It's okay. You got it right most times. And thanks for coming on in the studio with us today. Thank you. We're all sensitive people. so much to Hi, I'm Bob Maine. Now that you have your concealed carry license, I think you and I probably both know that that class probably wasn't really training. Have you ever thought about getting some training beyond your concealed carry license? Well, that's why Ben Branham and I decided to call our classes Beyond Concealed Carry. We're going to teach you how to move and shoot, how to shoot one-handed, even how to shoot and make hits without the use of your sights. And if that's something for you and you think you'd like to take advantage of that, 
As a Self-Defense Radio Network listener, you can get nice discounts on the classes and the subsequent video programs for reinforcement. All you have to do is visit the listener discount page at selfdefenseradio.net and put in the password SDRN, all lowercase. Again, the listener discount page and all lowercase SDRN. Hope to see you at a class soon. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is in Old Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you. Cause honey, nothing, nothing can ever change this love I have for you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And sometimes we have some really cool intro music. We've got some uh, some of my favorite love songs on today because, hint, hint, Valentine's Day is coming up. She keeps telling me. <laughs> I know it's coming up. That's on the 15th, right? Uh, No. Close. No cigar. 14. Just don't want anybody to get caught off guard there and end up in the doghouse. So, yeah, Valentine's Day coming up. And our theme today is sharing the love by getting involved. And all of our guests today have had some involvement with an organization that is about bridging from the past generation to the future generation and, uh, you know, that really is perfectly in line with, with what our show is even about. You know, uh, if we don't do what we can do in our lifetime, then, you know, we're not going to pass those values along to the next generation. So stay involved, stay awake, as we like to say. All right. Well, this is usually where we have our responsibly armed citizen report. But Dan has such a, a good commentary lined up that we're going to do his first. And if there's time, we'll get to my Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. And if not, look for it uh, next week. We'll just bump it a week back. But uh, now we have Dan's commentary. Tell yourself you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and 
nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. So I'm just minding my own business a couple days ago, and Kim, our PR lady from AZ Firearms, decides to send me a text and says, uh, it's from NBC News, loophole lets criminals buy untraceable ghost guns online. Wait, now what? Well, loophole, which I'm not sure what that really means, lets criminals buy untraceable ghost guns online. What's wrong with that statement, Cheryl? <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got it numbered already. Loophole, criminals, untraceable ghost guns, and online. We, we could break each one of those things down well, because that with, just sounds like a bunch of things thrown together. Yeah, it does. And let's start with a ghost gun. Ooh, scary, right? No. <laughs> what is a ghost gun? A ghost gun, according to NBC and a few other people, is a gun that has no serial number, has no markings on it, and... Um, and by itself is not necessarily... Illegal. Illegal. No, because an individual can build a firearm. if They don't intend to sell it, but they can have it. They can build a gun, and it's nothing against the law with it. They recommend that you put your name and your serial number on the gun, but uh, you can... It's not against the law to make a gun. But they like to throw that... You know, scary sounding name. Oh my ghost gosh, gun. it's a ghost gun. Okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, they said there's a loophole that felons are buying these guns online, spending an hour or two putting them together and making a firearm. So but, they're not buying the gun online. No. The, the, I guess if the you got to put it together, they didn't buy the gun online. The news is saying that they're buying all the parts to make a gun. Okay. Okay. And the fact is, they're not doing that. The You can buy all the parts you want. It's not against the law. It's not a firearm until you make it a firearm. Okay. Right? Right. And so, where is the loophole? Right. It's so against the law for a criminal to possess a gun. It's against the law for a criminal to make a gun. Mm-hmm. But that's already against the law. I want to know where the loophole is. What is the loophole? Right. Because a loophole would kind of be like some big gaping hole that's not covered by legislation. Right. And as far as I can see, everything's been covered by legislation. Because if you're a criminal and you're buying a gun online or otherwise, that's already against the law. Right. It's against the law to ship a gun to anybody that's not an FFL dealer in the first place. And if you're a criminal and you possess that gun, you're, you're already breaking the law. And if you're not a criminal yet, but then you use this tool in an illegal fashion, such as shooting people, that's already against the law. Right. So where's the loophole? I, I don't know. And I wish, I wish somebody would tell me because it doesn't make sense to me. Okay. So uh, ha, what, is this, what are they saying to us? Are they just trying to scare us that there are pieces and parts out there that somebody can purchase and put together and, and make? Something that shoots projectiles? They want to change the law. Fires projectiles? They want to change the law. What do they want it to say? They want to change it so that people can't buy guns and put them together, which they can't already. You can't buy a receiver for a firearm that's 100% ready to go. You cannot buy it. But they want to change it. So basically, I have no idea where they're going to go with this, but how could... It's a piece of metal. It's not a firearm. A firearm is is a is something that shoots a projectile, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you buy a bunch of gun barrels and triggers and everything else but the receiver, none of that's a firearm. Right. Then you buy this piece of metal 
that maybe looks like a firearm, but it doesn't work. It won't fire unless you do certain things to it, which usually requires some skill. Okay. They want to make that illegal to have too. So basically, you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to walk into a Home Depot because I can walk into Home Depot right now, and in three hours I can shoot something out of it, out of what I buy at Home Depot. So basically, Home Depot, every Home Depot needs their own federal firearms license because if the pieces and parts that could be put together to create a firearm are available there, then they could be breaking the law too because they got ghost guns lying all over their store as soon as somebody puts these parts together. Right. Ghost guns, ghost bombs, ghost everything. <laughs> so I, I really don't understand it. I mean, they're they're trying to scare the, un, well, I don't want to say uneducated, but the unfamiliar public that, ooh, criminals are buying guns online and they're buying them illegally and we need to protect the citizens and the children. Well, I still people. can't see where the loophole is. So, and the thing that I really want to know—I mean, they said they traced some ghost guns, and what I'd like to find out is how many of these criminals that got caught with these so-called ghost guns—a firearm with no serial number—how many of them actually made the gun? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm thinking I'm a bank robber, right? I'm not really. I'm just saying that I'm a <laughs> bank robber. I'm going to order a gun, parts. And then I'm going to spend three, four hours. I'm going to make this gun that may not work or could work when I get done with it. But I'm going to do that. Or I can just go steal a gun. Yeah, because if you're a bank hmm. robber, you could probably figure out a way to. So I'll bet it's less than a tenth of a percent of people that are felons that get caught with ghost guns actually built the gun. Well, I'm unmoved by this other than to kind of roll my eyes a little bit because... You know, I still don't know what the loophole is. Nothing lets criminals do anything that's not already illegal. And these ghost guns being sold online, it just sounds like a bunch of words tossed together to to sound like splashy and scary. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, basically, I guess me and James want to tell everyone that there is no such thing as a ghost gun on the definition of this loophole law that they're trying to I want to talk more to Ashley. I don't want to. <laughs> well, we're going to go have margaritas with Ashley. So, um... <laughs> but she has the cutest dress on and I wish you guys could see the visual of it. It's, it's this black sweater dress and it's got pissed, uh, revolver pattern all over it. Tell us real, real quick. What is it? It's vintage. Oh, it's a vintage Betsy Johnson. She used to do a line of gun clothing. And so this is a, one of her sweater dresses. I also have a hot pink version of it. And uh, it's really kind of neat. There was a movement of clothing starting in the 80s to do like gun metal color and gun jewelry. And so this was just one of those things. So that's so not what you awesome. would wear to pick up your kid from school. Why not? <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, because you might get arrested. I don't know. <laughs> not in Arizona. Not in Arizona. <laughs> We're a little mo- more open-minded than that. You take that dress off right now. No. <laughs> Bam! (laughs) Thanks, James. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, we're having fun. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for, you know, tuning in. Thank you so much to our listeners. The work we do here, the fun we have here would really uh, mean nothing if it weren't for you spending your time, which, you know, we established at the beginning of the show is our most finite resource. So, 
definitely we appreciate you and the time you spend listening to us, whether it's live or later on our replays, on our on-demand. Uh, also to our guests for driving into the, the studio, for stopping the class they're teaching, to spend some time on the air with us, whatever that it is they're doing, we, we very much appreciate them. Thank you to uh, Blade over there on the uh, the phones and the board and the buttons and the James Brown and the everything. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much. And until next time, please pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, Dan. Come on. Even the ones you don't like. <sighs> okay. Especially the ones you don't like. Now you're pushing it. <laughs> Be good to each other. God bless, and have a great week. You don't have to worry, cause baby, there ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough to keep me. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with